which bringing it back around downtown here, I think that in this particular story, maybe particularly this movie, the Japanese one, getting a woman to be the main character to do what she does at the end of the film. I'm not saying a dad wouldn't make that choice, but I could see a mom easily making that choice slash sacrifice. It's not even that. If you understand the Japanese culture, especially back in 98, dude, like to put a woman as a lead was a big fucking deal. Yeah. No, but there's a side to that that we're going to get into when we discuss it, though, because it it does play to gender norms even with that. It's not, I mean, if the woke crowd watches this movie now, they're going to get pissed off at Ryuji. They're they're going to because he is a no-nonsense, like, take charge, you know, male in this movie. Oh, yeah. He tells tells her, you know, you got to do this. You got to do that. Like, you know. Well, not that, but um, if you understand the Japanese culture, they're very traditional, and for even yes. to put a woman as a main role was a big deal. It's a huge thing. Yeah, yeah it was massive. Well, let's just get in the synopsis for it, and we'll discuss the movie a little bit here. Um, so, while investigating stories about a mysterious video that is causing the deaths of those who view it, uh, Raiko Asakawa finds out that her niece and her niece's three friends have all passed away mysteriously. Some intuitive snooping leads her back to the cabin where all four watched an unmarked VHS tape that wasn't porn. <laughs> now cursed to die in sure seven wasn't. days. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it could have been if Donnie G was accurate about that. <laughs> now cursed to die in seven days, Raiko and her ex-husband rush to find the creator of the tape and hopefully save themselves and their young child, Yoichi. Uh, psychic powers are used, creepy student art film images abound, and we spend some time trying to empty out the water of the well uh, uh, at the uh, bottom of Forgotten Well for some unknown fucking reason. And, of course, creepy, pale-skinned, long-haired uh, female ghosts make an appearance. So that's kind of the gist of the movie. <laughs> um, I didn't know. Did you have any time to research that that link I sent you, Urena, or do you want to go into that, like what this is kind of based off of? I, mean, I didn't. I, I completely mean, forgot. Okay. It, it's, it's actually the, just a quick thing thrown in there there's actually a specific onrio who's uh, this movie's based on like she was a jilt or a, she was a uh, a woman who was killed i believe maybe by a samurai in the original story like a, a ronin and like left to and and you know left to just a and sh, uh, to random death um and she and of course she came back and and that's kind of what it you know it's based off of but that's you know that's where they kind of got the original story for the novel i believe i have it pulled up do you um, want me to go over some bait well i mean you kind of already did i didn't know if you wanted me to read it i mean it doesn't matter if whatever you want to do at this point uh, um bancho sarayashi oh god sarayashi Ay. sarayashiki yeah, it's a, it's a sarayashiki uh the dish mansion had bancho is a japanese ghost story of broken trust and broken promises leading to it what the hell is that Babe? This? Oh, my God. Uh, Leading, excuse me, to a dismal fate, alternatively referred to as the Sarayashiki Manor of the Dishes? What the fuck? (laughs) This is so funny. Tradition of all versions of the tale revolved around a servant who dies unjustly and returns to haunt the living. Some versions take place in Harima Province, uh, others in the Bancho area of Edo, Edo, probably. Uh, History... The story of the death of Okiku first appeared as a bunraku, bunraku play called Bancho Sarashiki, 
at the Toyota, wait, Toyota Keza Theater. <laughs> the familiar ghost legend has been adapted into the Ningayo Oruji production by Asada Icho and Tamanga Torebi. Like many successful Bunraku shows, a, kab- a kabuki version followed. And in September, Bancho Sarashiki was staged at the Naka no Shibai Theater starring Otani Tomoman and Arashi. This is a lot of Japanese names that I am not well-versed in. You can skip through them. That's fine. Yeah. Because they're, they're tough. Okay. I could read it. I'm I, sure you could. Well, no, it's like doing all the Toyota and Lexus tests. It's all a lot of it's Japanese phrasing and words. So you, you uh-huh. got to... I'm serious. You got to learn all the different techniques and different um, nomenclatures they give everything. Okay, let's jump right to the plot summary. Once there was a beautiful servant named Okiku. She worked for the samurai Oyama Tessan. Okiku often refused him when he said he was in love with her and wanted to marry her. So he tricked her into believing that she could uh, that she had carelessly lost one of her family's ten precious delft plates, and such a crime would normally result in her death. In a frenzy, she counted and recounted the nine plates many times. However, she could not find the tenth and went to Ayoma in guilty tears. The samurai offered to overlook the matter if she finally became his lover, but again she refused. Enraged, Ayama threw her down a well to her death, which ties into the ring. Mm-hmm. But this is a woman versus a little girl. It is said yeah. that Okiku became a vengeful spirit, an onryo, who tormented her and murdered her. Wait, tormented her murderer by counting to nine and then making a terrible shriek to represent the missing tenth plate. A f- wait, or perhaps she had tormented herself and was still trying to find the tenth plate, but cried out in agony when she never could. In some versions of the story, this torment continued until an exorcist or neighbor shouted ten and a loud voice to end her count. Her ghost finally. <laughs> that's so funny to me her ghost finally re- relieved that someone had found the plate for her haunted the samurai no more moral of the story don't kill somebody with ocd because oh they my god haunt your ass <laughs> oh my god it's like she could it's it's almost like she didn't know how to count and finally someone's like 10 yeah, and she's like oh thank you but isn't that every culture has her own little horror yeah. things yes it does think about hispanic culture we're not talking about la llorona that's just one of many <laughs> There's always a woman in white. and There is always a woman in white, yes. Um, So do we want to discuss the movie or do we want to go in the background of like all the different novels and the the shows? I mean, I I think discussing the movie before we get into like the total series might be better, but it's whatever you all think. Um, is Is there a lot to discuss to the movie? Because I think in terms of both movies, they both did good in terms of sticking close to each other a lot. Like, there's very few details that strayed. There, Well, I mean, we don't have to really discuss the, the uh, I mean, we can just discuss the differences when it comes to the American one, but I was just going to say, like, what your general thoughts were on, like, the, the Japanese, you know, Ringu, like, what you thought about the movie and, like, certain elements to it. Um, It was not scary at all. Total fucking snooze fest. It was but such you, a slow burn on, for hold me. On, hold on. Whoa, yeah. this is my thoughts. These are not these I are not know. Noah's thoughts and what it, Noah thinks of Rain of Thoughts. It has nothing to do with that. You're you're gauging a movie that was in that was from ninety eight from a culture that's very traditional and doesn't do horror naturally. I've seen some of the stuff they've written about and I've seen some of their fucking older comics or not comics, but animated horror. They know how to fucking do horror. They're 
their stuff is horrific in like the I mean some of their murals that they've got from like the days of the samurai are like horrific in like some of the images. It's just the fact that they they're they, they got a weird thing about the violence aspect though. It's like anytime that uh, Sadako goes to kill anybody in in these movies, it just flashes like, you know, uh, kind of like a, uh, you know, one of those uh, screen, you know, just it goes into a negative. Like a, yeah, and then like, it, and then you never see see anything else. It's, I mean, it's like a extreme cutaway. It's something that we would have done back probably in the fifties or something. Yeah. You know what? It, you know what it was? It's like watching softcore porn. You're waiting to see the money shots, and they never show up. <laughs> kind of, and, and not it's only a lot that, of simulation. This movie seemed way more dated than it actually was. I. Uh, not if you've watched a lot of Japanese movies. It's there's Japanese movies didn't really get their mark when it came to showing over the top gory stuff until like the late nineties. I'm not early. just talking about gore. I'm talking about in general, like their their graphics were so the, when it went into the negative where it showed the person screaming and their face was supposed to be whatever. I get it. Like they didn't do anything with that. It just went into like a negative, uh, you know, almost like you're looking at a, a the negative of a photo and nothing else. And I'm like. This is really cheaply done. I will say what I think as far as that goes is that it reminded me, it's weird because even the way they were dressed, it reminded me of a movie that was like late 70s, early yeah, 80s. thank you. Even the the grainy like texture of the film itself, the way that it looked, I was like, this seems really old. See, to me, I, it, I, it didn't. Like watching it, my mom went to Japan back in the day when she worked for NEC. And I remember when she came back, she talked about them all the time. And she's that the culture is very traditional. Like everything has, there's still caste systems to this day about classes of people and the way they conduct themselves. So to me, it didn't really feel off from the culture. If you're looking at it through just an American lens and not understanding it, yeah, it comes off that way. But if you understand the culture there, it actually probably did a good job of scaring the average person there. Quite frankly, yeah, maybe. I mean, because you gotta remember, they didn't they didn't really start getting into really horror like gore type stuff, and I think the audition was the one that broke that paradigm. I think that maybe yeah. they have. I mean, what he's saying is that okay, they have a certain way of films. Like you know how we have our our ratings out here, and it has to be within a certain you know type of thing boundaries before it reaches that next level and you can't play this in a theater anymore so maybe they're really strict about that and so it made this movie the story itself is great like uh, the story 100 percent. I, I, I thought was it's a lot better than the american one and we'll get into that I, but i think it's better than the american version as far as the story goes and i, and I think no japanese wise i think their stories are always better than the American ones. Americans just managed to take this story, this amazing story, and they might lighten the story, water it down a little bit, but they make it scarier with what they show. They better attention building. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was having a real hard time with this one. I had not seen Ringu. I had only seen The Ring, and I it wasn't until a few years ago that I even knew there was a Japanese version of it. Um, av- having watched The Grudge and now watching this. I struggled real hard. It seemed so slow. I know deaths happened right away, but they weren't even scary enough, and I was super yeah, bored. The ring was scary. I remember watching the ring when they when they got launched here. It was a scary, legit, good, scary movie. They yeah. did a good job out the gate. The one thing that I thought when I was watching Ringu is it reminds me more of a thriller than it does a horror movie. Yeah. Yes, like and that's, what our version of a of a – or uh, like a crime mystery movie is what we would call it over here. Is yeah. what it's more like. 
Yeah, so yeah, it's not it, like it, it was... It really is. It wasn't bad. It's there just, wasn't enough tension up to the points where people got killed. It was it was weird. It didn't... The the music wasn't enough. It, it, was, it was like watching The Grudge. There wasn't enough lead up of mm-hmm. tension. So the, when they the, went to the execute... The music definitely suffered versus the American version on that, but I will say that I found the music in this better than, oh, yes. than in The Grudge. I will... It, I will. It had at least a... It had a better, spookier sound to it than what the the Grudge did. Yeah, I'll definitely agree with you on that one. Or at least the Japanese version. I mean, you know, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know the version you saw had this. The one I watched was like this uh, 2K remaster that Arrow did. So the movie looked really good, and it. I mean, it. I I thought the cinematography was really good. Uh, as far as like the dark scenes were dark, like they should have been. Yes. Like the the lighting and all that was really well done. It's just, but it felt to me more like a crime thriller than it did anything else. It, I mean, you know, because Sadako doesn't even like feature into the film until the very end, does she? Yes. I don't remember. Like, I they don't have the initial scene where she's crawling out like in the American version. Mm, I was looking, and I know that every time they watched the movie, that more and more she would get closer to coming out. So they at least did that. Like, you know, every single time they watched it, she would come out of that well just a little bit more. She just didn't come out all the way. Um, and at some point I was watching it and I was like, did I miss something? Have we not seen her yet? Like, what what's the situation? Here, now, here's the story. Let's go into the story part of it because I feel like the story's a lot better than the American one, and I'll tell you why. I feel like it does a better job of saying here's why they went from A to B to C, and they actually cut out an extraneous thing that the American one added I, that I don't know why the fuck they added it in. So they tie in in the Japanese version that where she sees the video at is actually over top of the well. It's that area where the cabin is at is where the well is at. Yes. That makes total sense to me because that means Sadako is projecting her images straight up into the building above her, whereas in the American version, it's some fucking cabin out in the middle of God knows where on yeah. the hillside that is not even remotely related to the area that she that they originally find the VHS tape. Cause, so that's like an extra little piece that has no... Absolutely no, I mean, it doesn't help the story at all to add that little extra part. Um, the one thing that I found was weird, but it worked. It still worked for the movie, was that everybody in this fucking movie seems like they're psychic. Uh, oh. Ryoji is psychic. He can grab you and, like, read your mind. Uh, Raiko has got, like, she can receive. She can't actually deliberately take any, like, psychic imprints, but she can receive them. And then it's hinted, and it's brought up quite significantly in Ring 2, that Yoichi is, like, the combination of both of them, and he's super psychic. And not only that, but the the student, Mai, is also uh, psychic, the one that Ryoji is dating. So he, he hooked up with two psychic women. That <laughs> That's a little bit... Uh, too much to me like i held i mean is it, he like his psychic abilities just automatically pick up on psychic women and that's all he hooks up with i mean that, that's <laughs> kind of weird he attracts them <laughs> yeah i mean but every person in the main cast is psychic and it's just i mean you know shizuko uh, sadako they're both psychics the main characters and it's just like okay that See, explains some things better but it's a little much i think the psychic stuff actually hurts the movie I, I I think they I I like the American one better. I think they do a better better job of not leaning leaning into that part of it and making it more because the psychic thing throws off the whole horror aspect. I think to a degree. 
I do like it better that the characters are struggling in the American one better as far as like they're I mean they're literally just having to scrounge and scrap yeah. to find any information they can about Samara because they don't have the ability just to grab somebody and like read their mind, you know. It 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 plays that way for it. Um so it, I don't know. It's it. The story's even weirder though when we start talking about the actual novel because it's. I mean, it, it's not just psychic. It's DNA. It's all kinds of weird shit that goes into the novel that it's based on. Um, as far as we've discussed the music, we discussed the story. The cinematography is. I mean, the scare factor we've already kind of mentioned. I mean, it's kind of non-existent in this one. I mean, I don't know. Do you think it's a culture thing though? Just bringing that Big up, time. you think like dirt huge, cult, you know? Just like I said, the audition, the audition is the one that really broke the market, and they took, but they had a, they had a they had a, a big influence from where I remember of of American uh, movie makers, and bringing more of the horror aspect into their market, because that that was never a really big part of their market until we started until they started consuming our horror culture, so they they had their own, but but ours was a different ours was it made the fear more tangible. Like there's, yeah, the storytelling's good, but it fell flat and acting and actually delivering the punch of something scary. But we, being a, like the American market was always good at delivering that punch of scariness. Like it, it, we've always pulled that off really good. Yeah. The storytelling might not be the best, but the scary part, we nail it. Yeah. And I, I think that's a long tradition of just like, I mean, you know, even there was early American horror stories like Washington Irving's, you know, the, you know, the Headless Horseman that, that tapped into, you know, scarier elements than some of these ones that they, you know, that we're discussing, at least culturally to me, it, it's scarier. I don't, you know, I don't know, maybe to them, it's a little, you know, I could kind of see somebody, you know, and you, like you said, they broke the mold, but I can kind of see prior to that, maybe like they're, to them, horror came from more from like the element of the like the because the character of Sadako is actually very tragic when we get into like her like you know, talking about the original movie later on. So maybe like the horror elements for them was more about like you know like the tragic nature of her death and the cycle of violence that it breeds afterward, and they're getting more from that aspect where you know culturally we want the punch of just like okay, is she killing anybody? When when is she going to kill well, it's, somebody? It's not know? even so much killing too; it's all the things that lead up to the killing. It's if you just show blatant murder, it doesn't like if you watch a B movie that has a horrible story arc, it doesn't hit you like the, the murder and the scare points aren't really. No, that's true. Yeah. You've got to work in like the atmosphere around it. Correct. Um, it, the storytelling has to be on point. So if you can take storytelling and then put the punch into the story storytelling, it works extremely effective. And that I think our market does a good because if, if you really think about the American market, we've robbed everybody else's ideas. And made them better. I, we have. Yeah. To, that's that's the thing is we take stories that were written a couple hundred years ago or even thought of in different cultures and we actually make them effective uh, scary movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah, punch I, them up. it confuses me, though, that, okay, for the movies, they can't handle or they don't want too much violence, but the manner, I'm in the same part of the notes that you are right now, and how she died in the original story and what happened to her? They can have that, but they can't have horror. Shall we elaborate <laughs> yeah. a little bit so people know what we're talking about? Okay, do you want to? Let's go into the just the 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 series in general. We can kind of discuss the other Japanese sequels and all that as we go. Okay. So, because I feel like we've kind of discussed this first one and kind of our thoughts, you know, initially on it. Yeah. So, it's based on a novel that was released in 1991 that had two sequels, Spiral and The Loop. Okay. And 
trivia is it's you know in the american version they made the ring to be you know the symbol of the whale that's that's totally american edition like the 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 reason that he called it ring and spiral and loop is that it's a it's a pattern that keeps repeating okay. you know it, it's a it's a it's the violence that keeps you know coming back yeah so the story is is that um it's 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 also a ghost story but there's drastically different things so sadako was originally raped by her doctor while visiting her father in a tb clinic she contracts smallpox during the rape and then she's thrown in the well to die the viewers of her images contract the ring virus which presents a tumor that closes off the windpipe and causes suffocation unless they copy the teeth so they work in the fact that she was contagious with smallpox to her like psychic abilities and that she's spreading her virus yeah that's the whole thing is like viral dna but the DNA is spread through the images that she projects. So she, just like in Videodrome where the image, the violent images are causing the tumor behind the retina, she is spreading her virus through everybody who watches her tape. Um, and uh, Ring um, Kanzaban, which is a 1995 made-for-TV movie, it's closer to the original novel in that it shows some of this stuff. It, you know, shows like her you know, tragic story before she was, you know, thrown in the whale and, you know, some of those other things. Yeah. Um, Ringu, the 1998 version that we watched is, is actually Japan's highest grossing horror movie. Um, and it's the culture. It's it's Hong Kong's highest grossing Japanese language film. Wow. I'm surprised that a Japanese movie did good in a Chinese market. Well, you know what? Technically uh, Hong Kong (laughs) is not really a Chinese market. It's more of a Western market. Yeah. Well, it was. <laughs> uh, correct. It was a Western market. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rassen, which is uh, the 1998 Ring sequel based upon the Spiral novel, uh, which is, you know, the movie Spiral that I, that I watched. One of the, the it's, it's, it's a non-canon sequel now. Um, it was actually, re- this is the strangest thing. So Rassen was released in 98. The same year as Ringu, they were like two or three months apart. Uh-huh. It was the sequel to Ring. So you had the Ring, and then like two months later, it's fucking sequels released. Okay. Um, they were released at the same time, around the same time. The plot follows the novel sequel of Spiral better than the later official sequel that we call The Ring 2 now. Um, and this one, and it's a really weird movie. It's got some good elements to it, but man, is this fucking weird. So Sadako is reborn in the movie through Ma. She, she brings herself back and, and, and impregnates. So she, she, she finds, she, uh, infects like this friend of Ryuji's who's like a college friend who's a doctor. She infects him through a tape that Ryuji sends to him. And then whenever she's inside of his body, instead of killing him, she allows him to seduce Mai, who's already got feelings for him and who's also psychic, which is what I've already brought up. There's psychics everywhere. She allows uh, the two of them to have sex, and then she becomes the baby inside of Mai's body, kills Mai, and then, (laughs) like, basically becomes a clone of her and, like, you know, takes over as, like, she's reborn as Mai, but, like, she's Sadako now. Um it's not just in this movie. It's not just the video that kills. Uh, actually, the notes that Raiko took in her journal can actually infect you if you read them. And it does a notion. It does away with the notion of the curse and focuses more on the science of a virus that can spread through visual information and DNA transference. It's that's where the whole novel's based on. You know, it's all DNA based. Yeah. Uh, 
it bombed at the theater, by the way. <laughs> it was it was taken out of film canon, and it's no longer considered the uh, official sequel to The Ring, but it, it does star, you know, uh, Ryo, the actor for Ryoji. It, you know, it's got Yoichi's in it. Um, I mean, it's got some of the same people, but it's it, the... The story focuses more on this this doctor, and he's and, and the whole point of him is he's like trying to commit suicide because his wife died months earlier. His month and his his, his wife and his child did, and Ryoji sends him this tape, you know, and and he doesn't watch it. He doesn't know why he's got the tape, but then he finds out Ryoji died, and then Ryoji's like in his throat is there's like this paper that he swallowed right before he died from Sadako. And in the paper, it's like this code. And the two of them always did number codes together in college. And he figures out that it's actually a, a word sequence that spells out something about DNA. And that's when he gets an idea that Ryoji was trying to, like, confer to him that there's a DNA component to Sadako's, you know, attacks. And like I said, he ends up impregnating Mai at one point. Mai becomes... Uh, uh, the new Sadako, she actually has a way through her own DNA to bring Ryuji back and to pay him back for the fact that he and brought her back. She, she, he gets recloned fully, and now he's evil along with her, and they're going to start and they're going to spread the ring virus to everybody because they want the world to live in fear. And this that's sounds what the virus is about is spreading fear. Horrible. God, <laughs> what a horrible so plot, weird. dude! Oh my. <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's literally, it, it's the weirdest story. It's just, I mean, it, it, and, and it's, and the novel's that. So, I mean, you be thankful we got what we did in the movie because it doesn't take this weird shit and, and, you know. What, what, <sighs> what, what year, the, the movie Spiral that you're referencing, what year did that come out? 1998. Yeah. Same, same year as The Ring. So, so, so they they made. So, have you seen the movie Uzumaki? No, it's a it's a movie, and then they they did a spinoff called The Spiral. Oh, it and it was it was the American version of Uzumaki. It's There's a, also the it's the a June Saw sequel that's got that's called Spiral. That's got uh, was it Chris Rock in it? I believe. Yeah, on the cover, he's on it. Yeah, it's a Junji Ito one. It's one of like he's one of the best horror writers out of Japan. He he mostly focuses on small stories and stuff like that. But he did he did he he they did a movie adaptation of Uzumaki, and then they did okay. an adaptation called Spiral. Within like a year or two after making, I want to say it came out in two thousand one or two thousand two. That's when Japan the Japanese movie started to switch over to more of a visceral, like visual type of death scenarios. Yeah, kind of like what the American audience would expect. Yeah, well, they they because it, it amps up your your scary aspect of it when you when you have the tangible thing in front of you, it makes it way scarier. Um, the the best thing that I can say about this spiral movie is that there is a scene later on the movie that is kind of creepy. Um, so Sadako's reborn; she's no longer actually a threat. That actually she she's going to infect people, you know, like a different way through, you know, whatever her and Roji. But like the the there's the character who was in the original Ring film who was the like one of the co-workers in the office that worked with Raiko. He was like the one that that got her notes for her all the time and all that. He is investigating her death, and he finds out that one that somebody he knows died because of the ring video. And like he, 
refuses to watch the video of the ring, but he ends up watching the video of her death because somehow that got saved somewhere. And in watching that, he actually, he's haunted by her ghost at the end of it. And it's, it's the only scene that's actually halfway effective in the whole movie as far as like being scary. But like it's him and a mental institution at the end of the film and he's sitting there and he keeps like, he won't look over his shoulder in the corner of the room. And like, there's a nurse that, that comes in there and she can't figure out why he's not like, he won't ever look in the corner. And then as she's leaving, I think in the corner, like in the reflection, she sees somewhere, she sees the reflection of the girl. And it's, she's just like got this hideous grin on her face, almost similar to the face that you see in the American version of the ring. But like, she's always behind him. She's always with him. So yeah. that, it's the only scene in the movie that has any, you know, like halfway, you know, creepy moments to it. Nice. Um, but and, and she and she's done in a real cool way too because they do that static you know like the like the TV screen is like you know on a channel that doesn't have an image she looks like that like oh, her okay. coloration and you know and everything so it it it's good but the rest of the movie is stupid. Um, moving on, we have Ring the Final Chapter, which was in 1999. It was a TV series, which was more thriller than horror, which we have already argued the Ring was more that. Um, and this one, you had 13 days until you died instead of seven. Uh, there was a totally new cast of characters, and it was about a video that kill. The video that kills is a pop music video <laughs> uh, with subliminal cursed images inside of it. So, which the uh, Japanese are big on that. I know there's this commercial. It's like a Kleenex commercial back in the day that they swore up and down was cursed. Have you ever heard of this? Um. No, I haven't. Uh, allegedly, it's just a regular Kleenex commercial where there's tissues flying around and there's this weird-looking fucking baby. And apparently, after watching this commercial, you would die. I want to say it was like a week later or a few days later. I forget, but it had a creepy song that actually got turned into a techno-pop <laughs> song later in the like late 90s, which is pretty funny. Um, yeah, Japanese are all about think- that. I just think it's funny that it was a pop music video because we discussed on the Grudge video or the Grudge review that, you know, like they're, they use pop music in stuff that doesn't need pop music, like horror movies. Like oh, yeah. Where, you know, <laughs> J-pop in them. And it's just funny that that's, you know, what that one's about. Yeah. Also released in 1999 was Ringu 2, <laughs> the official and now canon sequel to Ringu. Um, did you all watch that one? Nope. No, we have it. Okay. We didn't watch it, though. This one's better. Oh, uh, it's shit. still weird, but it's better. Uh, it's revealed that Sadako... This is the stupid part about the movie, though. I've got to get this out of the way up front. It's revealed that Sadako did not die seven days after she was thrown in the well, which would make sense to the story that that's the reason you die seven days later is because it took her seven days to die. But no, in this one, it took her 30 years in that well before she died. What'd now, she let's discuss how stupid I was just thinking that. that. What does she eat? Yeah. Yeah, what is she eating? Is she's living in her own shit and piss? Um, like, Infections. I mean, like, what are we doing? <laughs> I, I don't know why they. I mean, it makes total sense that seven seven days is is classic. It fits the narrative of why you died seven days because she died in seven days. You know, like I don't understand. Uh, anyways. So anyways, this one follows the plot of a scientist who's trying to drain evil energy off of Sadako's victims. Like, he has come to the conclusion that, I mean, they've moved away from the DNA to now it's like more psychic imprints. What are we talking about? What? 
So in this movie, if you like, you know, you know, the girl who was friends with the, the girl at the beginning of the movie, you know, Masami and then, the, yes. you know, the, American the two version, teenage girls, she was, she was taken to a mental institution. Yes. You know, the one I'm talking about. Yes. So she is one of the primary characters in the movie that they have determined that like when Sadako kills anybody around you, she, it's almost like the grudge in the sense that she doesn't just kill them. She psychically imprints herself onto oh, the people who happen to be in the general area. Dude. And so, so now in this version, if, if like this girl who's in the side in the mental institution gets around a TV screen, she starts making the video out of her own mind. Oh like yeah. Projecting it. Um, and so this scientist is trying to get that mental energy out of her, trying to get Sadako's influence out of her body. And he's, you know, and he's trying to figure out a way to, through another vector, basically, to get that drawn off. Um, Can they not ruin and- a franchise in a second movie? <laughs> well, technically, oh this is like four movies in, isn't it? No, to, if you're following canon, it's no, only the second is, one. This is the second movie in in the canon. Um, this one does have some decent, like the scenes where that girl is like, you know, she walks by a TV screen and she starts making the TV, you know, like bring up the, the video yeah. like out of her own mind. It is cool to a degree, but it is kind of, I mean, but the whole psychic thing is way overplayed because this is the movie that reveals that May is a psychic, just like Spiral the sequel did. Yoichi is like, you know, Raiko gets killed in this one. Okay. She finally is trying to protect Yoichi. She, she's trying to protect Yoichi and like, he is like being targeted by Sadako because where he, he watched the video and yes, the copy was made that should have saved him. But at the same time, he's not scot-free because she's still, you know, imprinted. And so, uh, in like, Raiko basically receives like this, you know, image or this message from her father, like, you know, cause where she's psychic, like we discussed or whatever saying, you know, Hey, Yoichi's going to get hurt, but here's the funny part. Her father chose to tell her this in a psychic memory right about the time that she was stepped out on the middle of the street and she gets fucking run over right <laughs> after she has the, the, so it's like if you were a ghost or some kind of psychic, you know, like from the afterlife and you were trying to warn your daughter that your grandson is affected by this evil thing, would you wait until she stepped out in the middle of a street to tell her this? I'm just throwing that out there. You I know? mean, <laughs> I don't know what kind I mean, of a daughter was she. Her, then, <laughs> she did, she did sacrifice her father to save her son. Yeah, so there is that he could have hated her, but you know. Well, in the first movie, I thought it was just inferred. Now they directly say that her father died in this one. Like, there's the whole oh, thing okay. with this movie is the police are after Raiko. They think she was the one that killed Ryoji, her father. They think that she's the one that did all of it, and she's kind of hiding low with Yoichi, like you know, out. You know, they okay. don't believe none of the stuff about the the tapes. Okay, that makes sense because I know, like, at the end of the first one, it's like, "Hey, Dad, I need you to do me a favor," and you pretty much know what she's doing. Yeah, and so. I mean, there's that, and then, like, Mai basically becomes, like, I don't know if it's out of a sense of loyalty to Ryuji, but, like, she decides that she has to take Yoichi on as, like, her her surrogate son after Raiko passes away or, you know, gets killed. So, like, the rest of the movie is her trying to fight. It, basically, the rest of the movie is the is the is just the, the ring redone in the sense that she goes around to the same exact places, talks to the same exact people just to find out, you know, Sadako's whole thing, her history. And then she ends up uh, basically at one point when the, the 
the scientist is trying to drain the energy off this how the movie and she's trying to drain the energy off yoichi it turns out this and that he gets that this entire time he's actually been working for sadako without even realizing it. <laughs> and and so he's trying to bring sadako back in yoichi's body and my and yoichi both like in a, in a, like an image a vision go down into the well and ryoji is there he's trapped since he died he's trapped in the well which is kind of a a dark image to me i mean because you know like that means that he's suffering there because you know of what happened to him and he basically agrees to take the dark energy from yoichi to save his son he does that and as and then uh, uh Mai has to climb out of the well with yoichi you know clinging to her and whenever they finally escape from it uh it's you know theorized they finally escaped sadako but uh you know there of the course there's a stinger at the end that somebody else might be still you know uh affected by the images from the tapes or whatever that they didn't realize so it could still spread from that is kind of how it, it passes but um a lot of psychic bullshit just like i said before a lot of it um jesus how do you feel about that noah <laughs> uh it sounds like a nightmare and it sounds like it <laughs> The moment you make everybody special, guess what? The movie falls apart. Nobody special. Yeah. The movie falls apart. When everybody, every main actor happened to have, like, you can't do that. Yeah, I, I thought it was too much. When I heard that she found out she was a psychic in both of the sequels, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. It's bad enough to expect that both Raiko and Ryuji both had psychic abilities in addition to the mother and the daughter of the, you know, that you know the the bad, you know, the bad, the villains in the movie. But, like, I was just like, okay, everybody's a fucking psychic in these movies. Yeah, it's they, they were just, they were, going to, they were going to the well too much. Um, now I do have to say the acting and everything was good in this one versus spiral, which was a little flat. So, I mean, it does have that improvement, but I mean, overall, it's still not the greatest. Um, and then, it, but it ended up being one of the highest grossing films, Japanese films of that year that it was released. So it, it still did well. Um, and, and also in 1999, this was a big year for, uh, this, this series, the ring virus was released in Korea, which was a remake of Ringu. Um, it significantly changes the story. Uh, Sadako, this is this is hilarious. This would probably earn points with the woke crowd. So Sadako is still alive, but she's a hermaphrodite, which is actually more close to the novel because she is in the novel, uh, who is screwing her half brother. Oh. <laughs> when her illicit when her illicit love affair is discovered, she withdraws from society and infects others with tapes and and her psychic abilities. So she's not dead in this one. She's just pissed off that people don't like her screwing her half-brother, so now she's going to make everybody pay. It sounds and, like it's one of those viruses that you downloaded the wrong porn, and now <laughs> the computer's going to suffer. Um, oh and this God. one doesn't feature the well at all, so because she didn't die in this one, technically. All righty. Uh, the Ring and Terror's Realm was 2000. It is a video game that we oh, discussed Sega earlier. Oh, Sega Dreamcast. Sega Dreamcast. Uh, it is survival horror. Uh, several researchers at the CDC die from a computer program called Fauci's Ouchie. I mean the Ring. <laughs> and it is placed on lockdown. Um, it was universally panned, much like the year 2020. <laughs> 
basically this this game is is though you discover that like the there's a pro the programmers at the CDC like the people like somebody has like the program for the ring on one of their computers and it's killing everybody and you're in lockdown and you've got to survive without getting infected with it or something. I'm looking up photos of it right now. It looks uh, Five Nights at Freddy's looks scarier. Yeah, let me see. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Doesn't surprise me. There's a. It looks like a, some kind of a. Wookie. It it's pretty it's pretty terrible actually looking. <laughs> uh, I mean, I figured there was a reason that I hadn't heard about it. I mean, if you know, like there's some there's some pretty bad you know like survival horror games that came out right after uh, you know Resident Evil pop you know got popular and I, I, but I've still heard of them versus this one. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, a few scary things it's trying to show, like, a few clips, but they're, they are not scary at all. (laughs) Um, so in 2000, we come out with Ring Zero Birthday, which is the prequel to The Ring. It's set 30 years earlier, and it's, uh, the story's kind of a strange mix of Carrie mixed with The Ring, so in this one, a journalist is investigating what happened to Sadako after her mother went insane and killed herself. Because, you know, that's the whole point of the ring is that Sadako's mother yeah. made a shame after, you know, throws herself off the cliff. Uh, it's revealed in this that Sadako lived for years afterward. But um, in this it, this one's interesting because this one actually has a, a decent plot to it. I, it's just I was ringed out by the time that this thing was done. So... In this one, she's a teenager, and she keeps having these prophetic dreams of the whale. So she's dreaming of her own death throughout the entire movie. Um, and she's trying to work through her fears and mental trauma, by jo- and she joins a theater group. So she's, like, trying to this group of people who's putting on a play. Um, but everybody who gets close to her in the film ends up dying. It's like she, the curse is around her, and she, she has no, you know, like, she's not the one doing it. What the weird thing is is she's actually haunting herself because whenever her mother died, her being the psychic that she was, I think this is a neat twist. It's kind of weird in the movie, but it's a neat twist. Her brain, her mind split into two different forms. So the the reason you see Sadako in the ring as a little girl is because her, her mind split, you know, part of her mind due to trauma split off into a little girl at the age that she was when her mother died. And she never, because that trauma was never resolved, that always stayed there. And she's actually in this movie getting haunted by child Sadako through the whole entire thing, even though it, it is her, but it's like another version of her um, that her mind, like her, like if you can imagine a psychic that's got like by you know like kind of like disassociative identity disease that's what their disorder that's what this is she, her mind's shattered and like she, she's haunting herself basically um it's revealed uh like later on like i said that she there's two of her and actually uh, the reason that her father you know because that's the whole thing in the, the ring movie you know her father the, the scientist was the one that killed her and threw you know knocked her in the head and threw her in the well to, to leave her to die yeah the reason it's revealed that he doesn't this is because he realizes uh later on in the movie like she merges with her childlike form and like basically i mean becomes like you know unstoppable as far as like she she doesn't mean to kill anybody but she she can't control it at that point and like he does it as a mercy thing to kind of put her out of her misery you know and to save everybody else that's the reason he did it it wasn't like you know it's like well fuck you and just i'm gonna knock you in the head and throw you in the well it was like he realized that she was going to cause you know 
suffering and death no matter because she kills everybody else in the movie pretty much that you know uh, without even meaning to and so he does it as a way to try to save you know everybody else but you know in the meantime creates the curse it's a, it's an interesting movie i mean and, and it's weird too because we talked about how the ring has that look like it could have been like late 70s early 80s yeah this is this looks like it's in the 60s slash 70s almost got like a rosemary's baby type situation going on you know like that look what year know, what year did, what year was it filmed 2000 uh, this came out in 2000 but i mean it, it, they they set it back in an earlier time period like you know so it, it's got that look of like 60s japan you know right before we dropped the nukes <laughs> <laughs> well that would have been after uh, actually technically yeah, that would have been after about 20 some years. It, it's, I don't know, this would have been probably one of my favorite films of the series, except for the fact I was just over it by the time I watched it, you know? Yeah, the second one would have been hard to, to oh, get through. Oh, we're not through. even like even close to being done. There's so much more. No, I'm just saying, though, <laughs> that the second one on, on the canon would have been hard. The moment you start making, like, the whole thing about just blatantly <laughs> giving psychic powers to everybody kind of destroys the the movie to me. And I, and I think that's why this one works is because really the only psychic in this movie is Sadako. Like yes. she and she's haunting herself, you know. Yeah, I I like that aspect of it actually. You're, she's she dealing, does have a she's dealing with she that internal carry moment. Okay. She yeah. does have a carry moment in it because there's a scene where she's on stage and uh, you know the the investigator comes in with this group of people. It's almost like the satanic panic thing we talked about with you know uh, Stranger Things that they've rallied together and they they've th- th- she's a monster. There's no saving her. She's got to be dealt with and like she lashes out and she ends up you know like uh, killing you know a couple of the crewmates without even intending to. And that's whenever they attack her. And actually at that point they do kill her. It's just that her her other self that's been fractured that's whenever she comes into her body at that point and you know she becomes the the kind of she's almost like a, a walking ghost or even at that or undead at that point but like I, you know but that it's you know that's kind of where they go from it but she does have that carry moment carry moment or karen moment well she, she was there was the, the karens were the investigator reporter and like the people in the other moat because i mean they were they were just like super bitches like you know <laughs> uh, to her through the whole thing yeah i i that that's ring zero right ring zero yeah yeah i, I want I, that one sounds like something i'd like to watch the second one i don't know if i could choke that down uh, yeah, the second one is, is, is rough. I mean, you've got to really be on board with the psychic stuff. Before yeah. You can, and you know, that's the problem that is it's like, there's too many good movies that, that did a better job of making a dangerous psychic character that unless you're going to kind of outclass them, it's going to be hard to pull that off. I agree entirely with that. Um, and in 2002, you know, we jump a couple of years here. We go to The Ring, which is the American remake that we're going to discuss. So we'll save that for later. Uh, Rings uh, is a movie that came out in 2005. Uh, it's a short film, uh, only 15 minutes, that was released as a lead-in to the American film sequel that came out the same year, which was The Ring 2. Um, this one was dir- actually directed by the original Japanese Ringu director, Hideo Nakata, which is kind of interesting. So he came back for the American sequel. Okay. Um, 
kind of like the director for The Grudge, you know, did the American remake for that one. You know uh, what I'm curious? One, I'm, I'm curious, did the, did the directors ever give a comment about the American interpretation of their movies? I don't know if I, I don't remember seeing that any of the information I researched. So I, they might have, but I mean, you know, what, what, it, what, a, what did it look like box office wise? Do you have the numbers? I'm curious how the American ring performed in their market. Uh, I don't know I about can, in their market. I've got the numbers for the American ring, like how it did globally. And it, it was a blockbuster. I mean, this thing fucking printed dude, money it, hand over fist. It was hella good. It was a hell. <laughs> dude. I, I, I remember when I watched it, I hadn't seen a good scary movie in a minute. And when I saw that, I was like, holy shit, this is hella good. Yeah, it, it changed the uh, the scene quite a bit, I mean, for years afterward. I mean, that you know, they were, I mean, they, they couldn't get enough Japanese uh, uh, on Rio films, uh, you know, with all the ones they came out with. I mean, they, they had to follow it up with the, the same kind of stuff. Um. So the 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 American sequel uh, featured the psychic elements that were left out of the American Ring plot. So in this one, Rachel's son Aiden is possessed by Samara, and he does have psychic abilities. So it does bring the psychic element, but it's not not everybody's psychic in it. I think it's just him. Well, not that, but they don't uh, they don't overplay that the whole aspect of of him being psychic either. They don't they don't just go to the well and keep pulling it out over and over and over through the movie. It doesn't come off like that, at least. Yeah, and speaking of the well, that was one criticism I had about Ringu. Is like, why at the end of the movie? I mean, they had a whole entire day left, and unlike the American version, which was like we talked about, it's down it's to the better, wire. You know, down their tension building, they had all day, and they're just sitting there like siphoning water out of the well. And I'm just like, just reach down in there and grab the fucking bones. Like, how, what are you doing? You know, I I know um, that they tried to make it look like they. <laughs> They tried to make it look like they had to get rid of the water so that she could eventually reach it. But, I mean, I'm going to say this, too, about the Japanese version versus the American version. It it looked cooler when they pulled the one out of the Japanese water. Oh, you're talking about, like, the uh, Some, body looked cooler in that one? Yeah. It, it did. I agree with you on that. It I, looked I feel, very realistic because I know... She's kind of envisioning that this girl's still not alive, but she looks like a baby. Like she looks like a little girl when in in the American one, and then ultimately it turns ugly. Obviously, yeah, it, it fades away, and you see what she actually looks like at yes. this point. You know, and then there was the CGI effects that they had to layer on to get that. And you know, CGI from this time period just blowed. It was bad. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Japanese one was just more realistic. You had the fucking skin just peel away from the bones, which is probably gonna happen and it oh, was yeah, just for sure. slimy and gross and i'm like and then the hair just kind of came off in yeah clumps. i mean yeah yeah so i was like okay i i would that i would buy that fucking terrify the shit out of me but i'd, I'd buy it um so the ring two was pan clear planned pan critically and only uh, earned about half of the original film's box office take so i'm surprised they went on to make sequels but they did to the american so, one and uh, well, not technically a sequel to the American one, but they continued the series. Um, I got a question um, real quick. Did Rings, it looks, it appears online that Rings, the, the short film, did really well. What Did that do okay? I know it was just kind of like an introduction to Ring 2. I think it. I think people were excited until they actually saw the movie. Okay. And they were like, oh, okay. Kind of like Lights Out was a lot better as a, uh, as as a, a short, short film. film versus yeah. The, okay. Yeah. 
So, yeah, there was an American pseudo-sequel that we'll get to, but there's a few years in between here. So, Sadako 3D came out in 2012. No. And that is based upon one of the later novels in the series. And uh, it's about a man that releases a video of his suicide with the hopes that it will bring the Sadako virus back to the world. So, this is actually a follow-up to the non-canonical racing sequel. So, Spiral got, even though it's panned and non-canon they Sonico 3d is actually a sequel to spiral because it you know it continues on about the fact that Sonico spread her virus but somehow it the world has become immune to it and this guy's trying to trigger it to come back it's the plot of it okay it'd be funny uh, if it was a short film and it was the guy just hoping that his suicide would reach would basically trigger the virus again and it didn't he died in vain yeah at the end of it it's just like everybody just kind of shrugged and walked away you know <laughs> Uh, Sadako 3D 2 was filmed or came out in 2013 and a a four-year-old seems to bring about the death and misfortune wherever he goes and in this one Sadako is possessing him like she does Aiden in the American sequel so there's that there's 2016 now this is funny Sadako versus oh yes and this is a combination of the grudge and the ring Um, not a porn parody everyone no. Uh, Universal Films backed this release. It was a cash-in on the Freddy vs. Jason, Jason excitement that was out at the time, and it is more of a comedy movie. Um, it has a very convoluted plot from what I was reading. I have not actually watched this. about college students who watch the Sadako tape and are cursed to die. In this film, it's it's now it's two days. You've only got two days after you watch the film before you die. Good. Just and, end it. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and get it over with. Uh, they find out through the help of a psychic, of course, you know, psychic, that the only way to avoid their cursed fates is to get another Onryo to battle Sadako. And so they end up, they take the film and they watch it inside of Kayako's home from the grudge in order to get the two of them to fight each other, which is actually pretty funny and smart at the same time, if you ask me. It's like, okay, God, this one okay. bitch wants to kill me and take my soul. That bitch wants to kill me and take my soul. Let the two of them fight over. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, the way this movie resolves is that the two Onryo actually combine uh, and create a deadlier Onryo called Sadakaya uh, at oh the end God. of it. They, they, leap at it they, they leap at each other over the well at some point in the movie. They combine together in a mass of like just this lumpy flesh like mass or whatever with like arms sticking out at various angles, you know, hence the comedy aspect. And then when they recombine, actually recombine, now they're like super Saiyan version of, of the two of them, you know, like they're they're super amped up. Oh my God. I uh, think I've seen a photo of this and I'm pretty sure it looks like a pale girl with long black hair covering her face. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's, you know, which is which. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then, uh, there, uh, the, the interesting thing is that whenever the two of them move, it's a mix of the two with the, the death rattle. So it's kind of like they take the crawling aspect of uh, when Sada, Sadakaya moves. It's almost like she takes like the movement elements from both like the creepy crawl and the kind of like the twitchy, you know, uh, contortionist thing that uh, Kaiko does, and they they kind of do both, and then but they do the death rattle, the uh, oh, you know God. sound as they're moving. Which okay, I mean, you have to, you cannot have, you know, 
you, you cannot have the grudge without having the fucking death rattle. Also, um, Sadako kind of had like a, a, a crawl when she would come out of the, the TV. So it's not like it yeah. doesn't make sense. They both it's have not like too drastically different. Yeah. I mean, um, and then finally in 2017, we get to rings R I N G S, not the short film, but the, the third sequel American sequel that's set 13 years after the first film. And in this one, the plot is the viewers of the cursed film find that there's actually a movie movie hidden within the movie. Okay. And it actually gives them the origin story for Samara and features her rebirth. Um, the interesting thing about this is some of the people that's in it though. It's got uh, Johnny Galecki from the big bang theory and Roseanne. Uh, and it's got Vincent D'Onofrio from full metal jacket and daredevil. <laughs> okay. I'd never heard of this, so I yeah. must have just bombed. Well, I wonder if this is time. the one that I okay, I because I didn't know Rings was a short story, so I'm wondering if this is the one that I was looking at that allegedly done well, but you said it did not do well. Uh, well, it never said that it was it, it did terrible, but I mean, it you know I, I don't remember. Anything. I mean, it had some good actors in it. I just don't. I mean. The, the plot sounds, you know, pretty weird. Like, the, I mean, they go in there and describe how, you know, they give way more backstory for Samara and, you know, that sort of stuff. So, okay. So, a- any questions about that before we move on to trivia? Because, uh, I mean, that it, this is a long, twisted series of, of movies. I'm just looking up rings right now. Uh, oh, okay. I'm so far off. Uh, apparently Google, 73% of users liked it. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it got an 8% on the tomato meter. <laughs> it did a little bit better on the audience score. It got a 23%. Yeah, that, that, that checks out. I figured it was get about that. Holy crap. Okay. Let's let's move on to some trivia. Okay. So Koji Suzuki got his inspiration for Rangu from his favorite horror movie, Poltergeist, which oh. we covered. Okay. Um, so so Poltergeist is the reason that Ring was made, so that's interesting. Uh, the effect of Sadako coming out of the well was accomplished with only one simple special effect. Uh, the actress, Re Inio, who played, uh, was a student of Kabuki Theater, and she used exaggerated motion and jerking movements to emphasize emotion in Kabuki Theater. So she, they, she rolled that heavily into the development of Sadako. Um, she was actually filmed. The only trick they used visually was that she was filmed. She was actually filmed walking backwards, and they just ran it in reverse in the film to make it look unnatural. So simple, but it, but it's one of the few things in the movie that works. The rest of the effects are like we've discussed are kind of shit because they don't really, you know, do much for the movie. Yeah. Just that fade to, you know, gray or whatever that flash that they do. And then that's it. Yeah. The, uh, the negative effect or something. The negative. Yeah. The 2001 UK DVD release uh, back cover carries a disclaimer stating that the distributor accepts no responsibility for any injuries or fatalities that may occur during or after the viewing of the video cassette. That's kind of cool. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And there's a lot of that for the American version. We'll get into that in that trivia, but I, I like all the stuff they laid into that movie with. It was a very good marketing campaign. Uh, the characters of Sadako and Shizuko are named after or, and loosely based on two real women. Shizuko Yamamura is based upon Shizuko Mifune, who was born in 1886 in Kumamoto, 
uh, Prefecture and was rumored to have the gift of foresight. After a demonstration in 1910, she was proclaimed a charlatan and committed suicide a year later by ingesting poison. Yikes. Uh, Sadako is based upon Takashi Sadako, uh, Takahashi Sadako, uh, and, and both psychics were taken under the wing of Professor Fukurari Tomokichi with uh, Takahashi or Sadako working with the professor soon after Chizuko's suicide. Neither woman possessed the gift of Ninshu, Ninsha, which is, you know, projecting, you know, images on the film. Uh, but another student of the professor, Nagoa Ikuko, was believed to have this power. So there was a lot of psychics. In, in, in real life psychics, apparently, that based on that the story is based on, whether you believe that or not. The story of Sadako Sasaki, a young girl who lived through the bombing of Hiroshima and eventually died from leukemia, is just one of the many stories from Hiroshima on August 6, 1945. Yet, Sadako's story still resonates with many people today. And uh, her and her family lived a little over one mile from the bomb's uh, hypo center. So, uh, they, that's part of the, they think the name also came from that. Uh, as far as naming the character. Yeah. So it did have, uh, Noel's right in a sense, it does have ties to the the bombing (laughs) in a bad way. History. Uh, Yes. Uh, Sadako's psychic abilities are known as Densha, as we said. It's a form of spirit photography that enables someone to burn images from their mind onto a solid surface just by thinking about them, which is why anybody close to her can suffer nightmares and bad visions. The close-up of Sadako's eye near the end of the film was performed by a male crew member, uh, Narihiko Miyazaki. Uh, Miyazaki had to chop off his eyelashes Uh, to make the shot more disturbing. Okay. (laughs) So when you see that weird eye at the end of the movie, which is the only time you really see Sadako, it's, I mean, it's actually a guy you're looking at in that scene. Okay, that makes sense, because I'm like, this. it looks so fucking weird. All right, I dig it. Uh, most of the film's shoestring budget, being $1.2 million, was provided by Hideo Nakata himself. So he financed that movie himself, and which then is it, surprising. It made, in Japan, it made like $19 million? Yes. Okay. That's so, pretty good. Good on him. Uh, Hideo Nakata would go on to direct another film based on Koji Suzuki's literary works, that being Dark Water, uh, the 2002 film. Which, it, okay, Cali- the, the California, American version? Yes. Or did, is there a Japanese and no, an American? No, there, there was a Japanese and American, so I think he uh, directed the Japanese version of that as well. Because a lot of people think that the American version is based off of that girl from that hotel. I forget what the hotel is called. Um, that The one from American Horror Story? Yeah, kind of, but... Oh, I gotcha. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I forget... The one that... that she she had that weird thing where she like they she committed suicide but or did she it was like a weird way that she died and like the, all this supernatural stuff went on around it is that what you're talking about yes yep. yeah that might be the that might be the basis for that guy's novel I don't know God I wonder I because I don't know when it happened oh there we go her name was Elisa Lamb um hold on let me see if it just gives us like a timeline real quick. Oh, she died in 2013, so very, no. That was way later. Yeah, way yeah. after. Okay. That's kind of like life imitating art in that sense. Yeah. But, uh, the special effects of the cursed videotape in some parts of the film were shot on 35 millimeter film, which was processed in a laboratory where a computer added a grainy effect. That's how they gave it that, you know, like student art film look okay. versus the rest of it. 
At the time Ringu was first released, South Korea had a ban on Japanese cultural imports, so it wouldn't be released there. So the Japanese production company behind Ringu teamed up with a Korean production company, and that's the reason that they have the Korean remake. Oh, wow. So they can release it in that market. Uh, in the novel, Sadako was actually an intersex woman, meaning she had both parts, and uh, in her reproductive system, in the film, Sadako was quite clearly a female. So there's that, you know, little branch there. I'm sure the woke people are probably upset that they didn't represent that adequately in the film. Oh, films. my God. I, w- I wonder what, like, there was no reason for her to be a hermaphrodite, though. I th- well, in the I think in the novel it was the, that was part of the explanation why she had like I mean you know because it's all about DNA and all that stuff like she could I don't know it like factored into like how she can infect so many people or something asexually like, reproduce uh, something like that is something weird you know. Okay. Um, if the viewer looks closely at Sadako's hands, they'll see that she likes fingernails. This is a result of her trying to climb out of the well over seven days, and yeah, ripping them off. Which is presented pretty well in the American movie. Yeah, they did a good job with that, which we might as well go on to discuss. 